this advice right now is the advice I've been trying to get. <laughs> in I'm not even kidding because this question I asked this like a few times over the last hundred whatever episodes, and it's like people always prance. This is really good information. Thank you, Adam. I don't know. I'm that, super jazzed up tonight. I don't know why. When really good garlic bread for supper. Welcome back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I'm your host, Jeremiah Byron, and every week we talk to a different person in the cryptozoology community, get their thoughts, stories, and just have a good time. This week I have the privilege of talking to my new friend, Adam Benedict, from the Pine Barrens Institute out of Wisconsin. We talk about all things Wisconsin, weird, and a whole lot of different cryptid things. Dog man. Uh, yeah, it... it it's crazy. I'm, I'll, I'll let you know I'm a little bit amped up for this episode, as you could uh, hear in the teaser, but I think you'll really enjoy this look behind someone who uh, is a great researcher, a great article writer, and has put so much time into discovering and documenting these weird, odd tales, these cryptid tales and ghostly tales from across Wisconsin's history definitely enjoy this interview as I talk to Adam Benedict from the Pine Barrens Institute. All right, well, thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I've got the privilege of having Mr. Adam Benedict uh, with me from the Pine Barrens Institute. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Hey, pretty good. How about you? Perfect. Well, before we get uh, into it too deep, uh, let me kind of go over a little uh, bio about you so our listeners know what they're in for uh tonight uh so <clears throat> we got adam benedict is a native wisconsinite uh designer by trade researcher by choice drawn to the weird at a young age like most of us i added that part in there thanks to the likes of robert stack and leonard nimoy i uh, spent a good portion of his life studying up on the weirder parts of history realizing the knowledge he had gained might be of some interest to others he founded the pine barons institute in 2015 since its creation, the Pine Barren Institute has become a well-received gathering point for those seeking to learn about the more obscure side of the Midwest, which uh, being a Midwesterner myself, there is definitely some weird stuff in the Midwest. Yep. I uh, also want to point out that uh, you are a uh, published author. Uh, you have the in-print series. You have Monsters in Print, Ghost in Print, and Oddities in Print, which was just, uh, I believe... Uh, released a December of this uh, 21, correct? So that, that correct. one's pretty recent. Um, I myself became familiarized uh, with your website, uh, PBI, through uh, you have some really good articles, uh, interesting articles about cryptid, uh, cryptids events in um, Iowa. I think it was the South Skunk River Monster Battle of 1884. Yep. And you're like the only guy who's written about it. <laughs> and it's good. It's it's like these aren't just like this isn't just some guy, uh, you know, writing a paragraph like this is these are well, well written uh, multi paragraph articles. They're very good. Uh, big fan of your work, Adam. Thank you. So thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, I got to ask you. Uh, so what was it like uh think back to like 2019 and what was it like when you first uh, saw one of your books on lauren coleman's uh 2019 cryptozoology book list is that a pretty cool experience for you it it was honestly crazy to see that um you know people actually were interested in it because i i was doing it for myself really because as a kid um out looking for these books and, and stories and stuff like that you'd always come across the same ones uh books would have the same stories in it repeatedly mm -hmm. and i you know there's always so much more out there that people weren't writing about so it's like you know what i'll just collect them together and, and put them out there for people to do with what they want and to see you know it appearing on a, a list with other fantastic uh books and, and writers and stuff like that. It was like, wow, <laughs> I guess people actually, you know, enjoy this. And it's more than like a little passion project. Wow. So when was the, do you remember uh, how, how old, uh, when was it when you first started realizing, Hey, there's stories out here that haven't been written about. Uh, you can find these in old newspapers. And, and when did that kind of kick off? Do you remember? 
Um, it really started to take effect probably somewhere in middle school. Um, mm. The, you know, watching the the old like history programs and, you know, old episodes of In Search Of and anything like that, it always, you know, have these really fascinating stories and um, it, it would kind of get the my brain going. It's like, oh, I should you know, look into this more because they always mention that, oh, we got it from this source. We got it from this source. Um, so you go looking for those sources and you stumble across, like they make references to, oh, it first appeared in this newspaper or it first appeared in this journal. So then you go looking for those journals. And then after a while, it's like, well, what else do these, you know, magazines and newspapers and stuff have? So it kind of just opened that door where you start looking around. It's like, oh, I didn't know that this was a thing because no one's ever talked about it before. I didn't know that this was something because, you know, it's never been on one of the TV shows that I watch. And it just kind of like really started that deep dive into just looking around for anything and everything. Mm. And then from there, you know, um, in the early days of the internet and and stuff like that, it's like, Oh, I'm going to save a file on my desktop. And, you know, just everything kept getting added into that. And it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> and uh, ever ever since then, it's just, you know, if I have time to kill or, um, you know, looking into some weird location, it's let's let's poke around in some digital archives to see what weird things we can find. Amazing. Amazing. Do you have uh, a favorite uh, place that you always like to check out to see if there's something new that you've overlooked in your bookmarks or constantly looking at Wisconsin uh, okay you know, being a, a native here um, entire life it's like still the the ability to um, discover something new that you never knew before and then also you know if if, if for some reason it's like eh, I'm gonna step outside that bounds um, you know anything around the Great Lakes the Great okay. Lakes region of the United States always has some fantastic, uh, bits of folklore and stories that a lot of people don't really give credit to or really think much about because a lot of people just consider the Midwest like the flyover area. Exactly. Not much is going on here. So people don't spend a lot of time looking for this stuff. And, you know, you can ask someone who's their their families lived here their entire lives. And it's like, have you ever heard of this event? No, never heard of it in my life. It's like, but it's happened in the city where you grew up wow. where your family's grown up, where their family's grown up, you know? And uh, mm. just to be able to say that for someone goes, wow, I never knew that before. It's like, that's super fun. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it keeps it, keeps the, uh, the fire burning, I should say, to, to keep looking for different things. That is awesome. Do you have a lot of people uh, contacting you uh, through, uh, we're, we're, we'll say PBI for Pine Barrens Institute from here on out, I'll, I'll probably end up saying PBI. That's cool. No, um, I say it all the time. <laughs> all right, fun. <laughs> so do you have a lot of people contacting you through PBI or like, you know, the contact form where it's like, oh my goodness, I never knew this about my state. Or do you get that um, a lot? <clears throat> yeah. From readers? Um, I get, you know, a, a pretty regular flow of emails, people saying, hey, I came across your site and, you know, I live here and I never knew this or you know, my, my parents grew up here and they used to tell me about this and I didn't know anyone else, you know, knew this, or there's people who are like, Hey, I, I came across your story, but some of the information is wrong. How it's actually supposed to go. The river you're talking about, or the location you're talking about is not here, you know? So it's like, okay, we'll correct it. Um, cause it's, it's coming from someone who lives there, which is always you know always awesome it's like oh thank you we're we're making it more authentic we're making it you know a true source because that's really what i set out to do you know it's just giving you all the facts i'm verifying Mm -hmm. them to the best of my ability that the information i'm given is is true and then you know once it's out there it's up for the reader if they want to fully believe it or not because we do touch on some pretty strange (laughs) topics it's it's they're awesome but like i at the end of the day, I'm doing my best to accurate and authentic information in history. Uh, so people are learning various things across the board. And I'm guessing you're having people come to your website from all over the world. It, yeah. It's gotta be. Gotta yeah. be. The analytics are pretty, pretty interesting to, to look at. Yeah. You're what you're one of those guys too, where you like, 
look up who's coming to i'm that kind of guy where i'm like oh that's weird i had a hit from the department of defense interesting (laughs) right it's like what is this person poking around weird from from guam at like three in the morning what are you doing um you know or or some of some of the islands um you know around you know south america or, or um australia like locations like that it's like we're not touching on anything from over there but somehow that's you're, a good point. you're reading like everything that's being posted so it, it sparks some sort of interest mm. let's say uh let's say the pbi archives everything is completely deleted it's all wiped away nothing's there anymore what's the first article that you would absolutely have to rewrite first so it existed again oh man um I really love the one that I, I, I just put out last month. Um, I finally put it into written form, but it's always been one of my favorites. It, it's about the ghost elephant of uh, Baraboo. Mm. Um, in the 1930s, it, it said that an elephant, the spirit of an elephant was pretty much haunting this woman because her husband was associated with the circus and he was oh, an no. elephant trainer in this elephant poltergeist came back to terrorize this woman and her family um but the story that people would normally come across would stop there but there was a whole other side to the story that doesn't make it seem like there was more to it than what people knew and figuring that part out and you know completing the whole story um is one of those ones i would write again and get it back out there immediately wow so how did you uh how did you go about getting all the information about the 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 haunting haunting elephant of uh Baraboo? So uh, it's one of those stories that have been around forever but people here only it's like only a handful of people knew about it. Um it's it was one of those like pretty underground ones. Okay. So if if you stumbled across it like you were really into this this sort of stuff so what it was, I always try to figure it out because this was another one of those events or stories where they, they reference uh, a newspaper that the story first appeared in. So first thing set out, okay, we're going to find this newspaper. Um, they say it took place in the thirties. It was written in Chicago. Well, that newspaper didn't exist. So then we have to backtrack and it's like, oh, it also appeared in fate magazine, but the fate magazine articles from 1953. So you have to okay. get your hands on a back issue yeah. from 1953. So I was able to track down someone who was selling one for a reasonable price. Um, And, you know, I got that. And it's like, okay, I'm reading through the article. And they're pointing out names. They're giving locations, which match up to actual places and names from Baraboo, Wisconsin. Okay. So I'm getting this timeline ready. And then I'm looking into the the names in which they're referencing. Like one person they call out in particular was the sheriff at the time. So now I need to verify that this person is real. So going about it, doing normal searches um, through Baraboo uh, city history, um, if there's any information on this sheriff that's being pointed out, but there's nothing coming up. Hmm. So then it's getting in contact with the sheriff's department in Baraboo in the historical society. Hey, can you verify this information that I need? <laughs> um which yeah. was was a, a fantastic call <laughs> because the when, when they picked up the phone they're like you know how how can we help you and it's like i just straight up told them it's like i don't know this is about a ghost story and i need information on your share from the 30s and the woman just responded with oh wow yeah i can help you this is the most interesting call i've had all That's week awesome. uh so you know it, it's just kind of going down the list um like you would just do for any subject this one just so happens to be paranormal related Right. So I'm finding out all these, you know, which people existed, which people didn't existed. Long story short of it, it turns out that the entire story was created and Mm. never actually happened. It was passed off as false. But the person who wrote it was actually involved in another famous story hoax, um, which people still to this day pass off as fact. So figuring out that link, it was like, finally, it's it's solved. This didn't happen, but the story has grown to a portion where now it's its own piece of folklore where it's it's just like, okay, it exists out there and the true story exists separately, but they're both equally fascinating. 
That is really cool. Um, that I'm gonna have to go read that after this for sure. That sounds fascinating. Um, let's say so you've got you've got the paranormal one. Is after that, is there <clears throat> excuse me, is there a cryptid one that you would want to rewrite and get back into existence? Um, I have I think one another fun one would probably be the Lake Michigan monster. Okay. Um there is I like to start I like to start this one off with there's only one recorded shark attack in all of Lake Michigan. Okay. It's on the 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 red the the directory of shark attacks lists a young boy being attacked in Lake Michigan by a shark. Um diving into that it unraveled this big historical, you know, different descriptions of a, of a lake monster in Lake Michigan uh, from the 1800s until the, the early 1900s. Uh, descriptions of it varied, you know, being a giant whale, being a giant fish, a serpent, um, many different descriptions for this thing, the classic dinosaur. But then that also, um, you know, a mystery unraveled from that one as well with a lot of hoaxers a lot of mm. people creating their own parts of the legend um but it it all comes back to that one strange incident of something attacked someone in the lake they don't know what it was and then this it it got dragged into this this legend of a monster and it just like the ghost elephant it became its own thing mm. um it's a it's another one of those stories that i love because it's equal parts um classic mystery it's it's equal parts monster story it's you know there's so many different avenues that base off from this one incident and it's mm. uh it's one of those ones that you just keep writing and writing and writing because you keep going to covering something new and yeah I, I i love those ones so that would have to go up there for sure that that's a fascinating one as well so how is it let's say when you're researching these stories how are you coming to the realization that this story is a hoax like what is it that gives you that that evidence usually uh, typically linking back to like the ghost elephant when names you can't find any historical information on a lot okay. of these people um you know if, <clears throat> if they're stating that they're in a position of, of high standing or some sort of power or authority they would have some sort of history uh, a record would have been kept of their accomplishments outside of this one incident so if you can't find anything on that um you know that kind of points your your nose in the direction of this may be fake um if the story loves to talk about an incident that refers to an incident that talks about another incident okay. kind of like a game of telephone mm -hmm. that usually you know spells out this was probably created for the sole purpose of selling newspapers or you know just playing a joke so more than like this one's probably fake too. Hmm. The incidences where it comes across where you kind of really have to give it some thought are the ones that are just very matter of fact. There doesn't seem to be any embellishment on them. There doesn't seem to be any um, sort of sway to, do you see the humor that we're doing? Do you see how this is, you know, we're, we're trying to lead you this way, but we're not telling you to go this way. Right. Uh, you know, like very like early classic what can be described as bigfoot encounters like you can you could tell the difference right away if the the author is being sincere and how they're writing it hmm. or it's just kind of a puff piece um if they don't do any embellishing and they just straight up give you the facts more than likely a person saw something then um but if they're like oh it attacked and it killed this party of six hunters and they came back and heads were ripped off and things like that you're like Okay. Now they may have saw something to begin with, but this person really embellished the story and turned it into something that more than likely it wasn't. Hmm. Interesting. You know, that, that also okay. goes for like lake monsters or, you know, like giant thunderbird sightings, things like that. It, the way that they write it, the shorter the article, in my opinion, the more authentic that it probably is. Hmm. Okay. That's very interesting. Um, there's always something I, you know, everyone has their, their favorite cryptid, etc. Um, I noticed that there, from what I could see, there is an article on your website that does not exist. And I'm kind of curious if it will ever exist. It, have you ever looked into the Van Meter Visitor of Van Meter, Iowa? I have looked into the Van Meter okay. Visitor. 
but okay. I I don't feel like I'm in the in the position to to really write about it because so many people have done it justice already that I'd feel like yeah, I'm like have stepping they? on. But have it, they though? Yeah, it's it's that like, yeah. What it, what if I do something? But it's like then it it's like oh no, you got the information wrong and you put it out there. It's like I feel like I'm stepping on someone's toes. And no, that no, I don't one. think so. <laughs> I don't think you should feel like it's owned by any certain which that is a real thing in in cryptozoology culture i think where mm -hmm. it's like oh i feel like francis jacobson owns the south skunk river monster and i could never write anything about it you know like which that right. guy doesn't exist i just made him up but you get what i'm saying but the, the cool thing is that you're gonna have access to to things um, I would I would recommend you to do it. Um, here's the thing. And it's like, let's say someone wrote a book like a while back about a cryptid. Um, we start to look into the cryptid. We're going to have maybe access to new information. For example, like I try to find all this Van Meter visitor stuff on TikTok. TikTok is weird because yeah. <laughs> it's the newer generation that is not using Facebook and stuff like that so like i make a tiktok about van meter visitor and uh i have this person come out of nowhere where it's like oh yeah you've you've heard about the stories out of van buren county right i'm like what are you talking about and she's she's like the amish ones i'm like what and she's like you've never heard of these and i'm like you got to tell me all this like right, right. now because this isn't in the book. Like it's not, I haven't seen it anywhere. So like, because of a connection on TikTok, I am talking with this person that's in their twenties to thirties that grew up in that area and potentially uh, has all this information about a cryptid that is not in our circles yet. So mm -hmm. it's like all that to say, you know, you never know who you will stumble upon that the person who made the book maybe uh never had access to right yeah you, you oh, oh for sure i can i completely agree it's yeah. one of those things it's like how how deep do you want to get into it because uh, anything that's the thing that's the anything thing. that someone has written you know is gives you a great base that's to true. start off of that's you know true. they did a lot of legwork and you know they always need the respect that you laid the foundation i'm going to use your research and then i'm going to build off of that but it it's kind of like how far are you willing to take it, especially as oh. a cryptid or yeah. you know, a haunted location or some, or, or like an alien encounter, the more it becomes popular, the more people are looking at it, the more mm -hmm. information is getting uncovered. So the bigger it's going to get, because That's when true. more people start to learn about it, more people come out of the woodwork, like, Oh yeah, my uncle was there or no, that happened to my grandfather. Mm. And it's type of, well, we didn't know that 30 years ago. And it's like, well, no one was really asking these questions. So it's just growing and growing and growing. So it's like you, you hear about those people who are like, yeah. I decided to do it one day and I spent the last five years of my life. It like looking at crazy. It. It's like, man, I don't know if I could, if it I comes like the Zodiac time. killer type thing, right? Yeah. It's just like, on like one uh, thing. Yeah. Do you find that like uh, you're looking through your analytics and like all of a sudden one month it's like, bam, old article just skyrockets in page mm -hmm. views and you're like what is going on here and then all of a sudden you're like ah, i gotta go down this rabbit hole again but you're like i can't because i gotta talk about a poltergeist elephant from baraboo and you know mm -hmm. that's that's gotta be yeah that would be wild for me but it, it's it's weird when it's like why is this trending like i have no idea why yeah someone must have shared it or someone heard about it and, and like you know you just said it's like maybe it showed up on tiktok someone was talking about it yeah or someone posted <clears> in a in a, a top fives video or something like that it's oh, like yeah totally who knows but it's always cool to to see which one is going to be the one to take the top spot for like that month has uh PBI ever been shouted out by anything weird that like you found out about and you're like, Oh my goodness. I was like shouted out by that guy. That's crazy. Uh, I was contacted by the Canadian news what? to like give information on a possible, <clears throat> uh, like, uh, an Ogopogo sighting. Oh, that's serious stuff. Yeah. It was, uh, they contacted me. They're like, Hey, we came across, um, I did, um, an article on a lake monster up there, a Canadian lake monster, which did, pretty well like people seem to enjoy it and they uh, they got in contact with me like hey we're going to be going on the air 
um, in like three hours, would you be willing to like talk? Whoa. I'm like, okay. Like, what's it about? Oh, wow. They're like, oh, well, someone says that they saw Ogopogo. Could you give some insight in what you think it is? Oh, oh okay. You know, and I watched the video and like, I'm sorry to say it was just a wave. Like it, okay. <laughs> like that's what it was, but the, sure. they were so passionate in it, you know, and you know, I had, I had to say that what the person they saw was a wave, but that doesn't discount, you know, all the other sightings that people have, sure. you know, yeah. this one instance, but it, it, it was cool because, um, you know, I have some friends, uh, who live up in Canada and the Canada and they like texted, they're like, Hey, we just saw you on TV. Nice. Like, okay. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I guess, I guess I'm huge in Canada now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, that's a, that's a badge of honor, right? Right. Um, I feel that we, we're going to have some listeners that want me to ask this. Um, uh, let's say someone's a fan of PBI and they're like, man, he gets all these cool stories. I want to be the person who like is looking through the newspapers and sees these old, old stories. What's the, what's the, how do you find all these old stories? Are there any tricks or like, do you go into libraries and look in microfiches or like, what's the tricks? Luckily the, the times we live in now, you know, a majority of libraries have all digitized their collections. So that, you know, that takes a lot of the legwork out of it. You can do it from the comfort of wherever you have Hmm. uh, your, your setup or your tablet or your phone. Um, So that, right off the bat it's it's accessible to everyone um two a lot of states um or counties will have their own uh newspaper archive collection for just newspapers within their state um and typically they'll they'll make this free for residents of that state they track Mm. it by the isp where it's like okay you're doing it from this location you can get into the website for free um they might block it off to people outside i've come across a few of those where you Mm -hmm. need a membership or something like that sure um third library of congress uh the library of congress's digital archives are constantly growing um they give grants to to universities all over the place to digitize their entire collections to 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 put into this national archive that anyone in america is free to use um so you know there's there's a lot of places you can start from but once you get in there the the one thing i can say is you cannot go looking for terms that we use for these things today ah okay yeah yeah you can't go away and be like you know type in bigfoot like why are no bigfoot you know stories (laughs) coming up because the the term wasn't created, you know, until modern times back in the day, sense. you're going to have to look for things like, you know, wild man, cow man, monstrosity. Man. Yeah. Any, any yeah. combination you can think of how it would be described without a name. That's what you want to look for. Um, same wow. thing with like lake monsters, um, the Thunderbirds, things like that. You have to really get in a mindset of how would someone 150 years ago, describe this to someone else in a way that they would understand that I can search for. And once you kind of get into that mindset where you know what you're looking for, then it like really opens a lot of doors on what directions you can go for. Oh my goodness. This is so this. This advice right now is the advice I've been trying to get in. I'm not even kidding. Cause this question, I asked this like a few times over the last a hundred, whatever episodes. And it's like, people always prance. This is really good information. Thank you, Adam. I don't know. I'm yeah, super jazzed up tonight. I don't know why. When really good garlic bread for supper. Fantastic. <laughs> no, but I, I remember sitting there at one point and I'm trying to figure this out. Like, why can I not find anything? And it's just like, no one would know what this thing is, you know? So you're looking for 
unexplainable visitors or um, mm. uh, uh, indescribable creature. Like you're looking for terms like that because that's the only thing that someone back at that time, you know, would have been able to to relate where they're like, it was some kind of monster. Word. Word, it's, word. So if you think the term sounds dumb in your head, search for it. Because guaranteed awesome. something is going to come up. Do you keep like a, a list of terms with you? Yeah, I, I in, in, yeah. in my bookmarks bar up top, yeah. like I have different, you know, sections where it's just kind of like, these are all of them for what I think would be UFOs. These are all of them for what I think would be Bigfoot. And it's like, I'll jump back and forth between those. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, I've, I've kind of run the course for the past few days on strange aerial phenomenon. Let's jump over to monsters or okay. let's jump over to uh, paranormal, you know, events. And, and then you also got to remember too, like a lot of these things were just categorized under one umbrella term, mm. like, uh, like ghost. Okay. Ghost was a term that would be applied to many different things. Not a ghost how we think of today, but an unexplained visitor in the town they would describe as is a ghost yep. or uh, what could be described as modern day Bigfoot sightings back then they would list it as, as a ghost as ghost well. Snap. So you're reading this and you're like, this doesn't sound like a ghost. Like people are saying they're interacting with this six foot tall thing that doesn't sound like a ghost where they're just like, we don't know what it is. So it's a phantom. It's a ghost. It's a spook. It's a specter, anything like that. They're like, just name it and get the article out there. Legit. Legit. That's awesome. Um, I, I gotta ask you since you're from uh Wisconsin, um, what are your thoughts on Dog Man Beast of Bray Road? Oh man, I have a feeling that's a that's a <laughs> that's me pressing a button when I'm talking to a Wisconsin person. But the story I love that we we have our own legend, right. like right. when a state finally has its official cryptid, yeah, you know, outside of the hodag would be our. Yeah, right. Official that's, the, that's the thing. The Hodag is Wisconsin cryptid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and, and that's the cryptid we know. Like, right. yes, this is our hoax. This is our joke cryptid. Like, this is ours. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of this is our real cryptid. Like mm -hmm. to say that we have the Beast of Bray Road and Dogman is very cool. Now the believability behind it is when you start getting into the. Eh, I don't know because the science doesn't link up to how something like that could exist. Mm. So it's kind of like, are what people seen, was it just misidentification? Could some of them just be, you know, if, if Bigfoot exists, could it have just been a Bigfoot sighting that was misidentified? Could it have been, um, you know, anything really, to try and explain an upright walking man dog. Um, man dog. Hmm. It's just, it's just one of those things that I'm not willing to put all my eggs into one basket, but I'm also not willing to keep all of them out of it. Okay. So it's like, I'll entertain the idea, but I'll definitely look into the believability of it. I'm not saying hmm. people didn't see anything, but what you saw, mm, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Is there uh, a, a cryptid that you would, put all your eggs towards instead if if i were to throw any eggs in any basket the the believability would have to go to sea monsters interesting um and not the and, and i'm going for like the classic depictions uh no dinosaurs no no like plesiosaur okay. type descriptions okay. i'm going for like the early 1800s of what they described as like sea dragons oh yeah sure um yeah you know like the big they described it as almost massive crocodiles with mm -hmm. um you know like the camel heads and you know the, yeah. the the massive flipper claws and stuff like that i would say those probably have the most the most the highest possibility of possibly existing at one point or maybe like a small population mm. exists uh the terrestrial animals it's iffy depending on where they're coming from when their stories are coming from um you know if someone says oh we got a lake monster you know in this area but you only have a lake that's like 10 feet wide and four feet deep it's like i, <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt you have anything going on in there <laughs> <laughs> or the person who's saying, you know, Bigfoot comes up to my house, you know, every night. It's like you live in a suburban area. There's mm, no boy. woods or anything around. So, yeah, 
can't really believe that. It, but when you start getting people who are like, you know, I live off grid, you, you have to drive 10 miles before you can figure out <clears throat> right. where I'm living. And yep. it's like, okay, you're probably, you might be telling the truth here. There might be something to this, but uh, yeah, a, a long about way saying that sea monsters would probably be real if they did exist. Gotcha. We were talking uh, before the show about some of uh, mutual people that we know from Wisconsin, uh, Jay Pachochin, et cetera. Um, have you ever, I'm just curious, like, uh, have you ever gone out and um, uh, looking for, for stuff like Bigfoot yourself? Any expeditions or? Yeah, I've, I have, I have gone along with um, Jay, who's a, a, a great researcher. Such um, a nice guy. It, fantastic guy. Yeah, so nice. In the, uh, searching through the through the kettle moraine mm -hmm. um and then also along is tobias and emily whalen from the singular so nice, 40 yep. society oh yeah so we'll go out there you know it's like a four-person group and what i enjoy is the mindsets of everyone who's part of that group hmm. um you know there's there's all different avenues of everyone who's there which you know they they um stuff that interests them stuff that they research uh, beliefs things like that so it was such a, a a good group with varying varying um uh what's the word i'm looking for research avenues um gotcha it, it makes talking about what is was possibly seen or not seen or or mm -hmm. ideas like that much more interesting um, me, I would describe myself as, as an open-minded skeptic. A lot of this stuff I don't believe in at all, but okay. I'm not willing to say it's not a possibility. I I'd love to, I'd love to find evidence. Um, I would love to, you know, witness something that I can't explain. Um, it might be out there. Uh, I have no way of knowing that it, mm. it's not out there, but I also know that the probability of it existing is very you know very low but okay. then again some other animals and stuff out there who have said were to never exist eventually we found those oh, yeah. as well so totally it's like if if, if we're going to go out and look for something yeah i, I i'm going to look for it um but i'm not going to go out there holding my breath you know not behind every tree is a bigfoot not behind every you know turn on the trail is a dog man um but if you come across something's weird, definitely investigate it. Yeah. Oh, oh sure. Cause I mean, you never know what it could lead into. Yeah. When you're out in the kettle moraine, uh, <clears throat> with Tobias, Emily, uh, Jay, did you have anything, uh, weird happen? Anything that you couldn't really explain or were you able to explain away most everything that happened? Um, there was a few occasions where, where strange lights in the sky were seen. Oh, interesting. Um, Emily, Jay, and Tobias all witnessed a, and they love they love to joke about this to remind me about it. Okay. They all witnessed a bright, a extremely bright light in the sky and flash oh, wow. that lit up the area. It was it was caught on um, one of the the trail cams that they were wearing as well. I oh. happen to be looking the other way, oh, you know, looking nice. down into a kettle, <laughs> and then of course everyone you know shouts I, and like, "Did you see that?" And I turn. It's the most like, amazing saw, thing, and you missed it. Yeah, I saw nothing. Um, so they love to point that out. Um, you know, there's been what what you can be described as like will o' the wisps or fairy lights or things like that, unexplained. Oh yeah, little lights around the trail that can't really figure out what they are, but they're seen quite often. Um, but the the strangest experience I had was when all four of us went out, and we were doing a, a technique that Jay refers to as leapfrogging, where mm the group will will split up one person will go off on their own and just walk down trail like a hundred yards or so just to be by themselves and then, then wait and when they get to their destination then the other one will do it and then eventually you get to the last person so everyone has a moment where they can be by themselves and if anything happens um you know maybe it, it, it it's it'll just happen to that one person maybe it'll happen to two people whatever. So we were doing this, this technique and I off, I offered I'll go last. So everyone went and I was just kind of hanging back and I was just, you know, walking back and forth across the trail, kind of walking mm -hmm. into the trees, stuff like that. And 
I was standing in the trees, just kind of looking around and it, it sounded like something was walking up to me to that point where your lizard brain kind of goes off like, Hey, there's something around. So, you know, I did the, you know, the kind of look in, I was like, there's nothing here. And then, you know, I kind of stopped and just waiting again. And it started walking to me again. I was like, is this a, like a deer? Cause I've had that happen before where you don't realize a deer is standing right there. And then when, you know, it gets spooked, you get spooked, you know, then you part. But, um, I did the same thing. I'm looking around and I was like, there is something here. So I'm looking through the brush. There's nothing down there. There's nothing in the trees, uh, like a raccoon or, or anything like that. So I stop and I'm just kind of standing there and I'm looking in the direction of where I think this thing is coming from. And I kid you not, it sounded like something just came walking right up to me in front of me. Like it sounded like a human being, like how they would walk through through underbrush just kind of move right in my direction and i just like threw my arms up and i was like no i'm I'm, no i'm not gonna do this wow (laughs) and i ran down the trail (laughs) and i'm just like i don't know what just happened back there but it was very strange um have no idea what it was i'm not gonna say you know this is where i i I double back to i'm not gonna say it was a bigfoot i'm not gonna say it was a ghost i'm not gonna say it was anything like that but it was very weird and unsettling because i could hear it but i couldn't see Mm. it and it was registering that something is around me but i don't know what it is so it's best to just leave the area yeah and um wow yeah jay was filming at the time and you can actually see it in his footage where he's you know he's talking about you know things that go on in the woods and you see me running up behind him oh yes something happened something happened we need to talk about it (laughs) Oh man, that is so funny. And that's a great story too. Um, yeah, no, finding Jay, watch, watch it. And his documentaries are legit. Um, yes, he's got a fantastic grounded so approach so on he, how he goes about it. He comes down to the Van Meter Visitor Festival. And last year we were, uh, we were able to vend near each, uh, right actually next to each other. Um, nice. and, uh, we got to spend a, a lot of time talking that day. He's such a nice dude. Um, what is the one thing about, let's say, Wisconsin folklore, tales, legends that people always seem to get wrong? Is there one thing where it's like people are always seem to be not hitting the mark uh, when it comes to Wisconsin? Oh, man, people typically when they when they think Wisconsin, if they're going to go like the paranormal side or the supernatural yeah. side, it seems a lot of them will go towards you know, Bigfoot stories I'd be like, Oh, mm. I, I saw this or I, there was, I heard there was a Bigfoot sighting, you know, up, up North, but typically Wisconsin's not known for Bigfoot sightings. It's sure. actually known for UFO sightings. Really? Interesting. Uh, there was, there was a huge flap for, I believe in the seventies. Mm. Um, also the, <clears throat> there were some in the fifties, some there's pretty much been every decade where big flaps of UFOs, uh, were seen around the wow. state. And then also um, ghost stories for haunted locations to the point that um, historians and and teachers of folklore uh, Mm -hmm. um, guard and uh, Robert E. Guard. And I can't remember the other author's name and I I feel terrible. uh, Sorden is his last name. They wrote a book called Wisconsin lore and they straight up say like, you know, Per capita, Wisconsin is probably the most haunted state in the United States, just just based on how many collected pieces of family uh, folklore and witness statements and anything like that revolving ghosts have been collected from this area dating back to, you know, the founding of the state in 1848. And even before that, when like the French came over Mm. um, in the in like 1645, there's been you know, stories filtering out. So I'd say people think we're known for monsters when it's actually aliens and ghosts are the, uh, the top two. Wow. And and you're known for uh, delicious uh, uh, cheese curds and, um, Oh yeah. Unique oh, yeah. beer. And uh, let's see what else. Um, Ludafisk. You guys do, you guys do apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese, right? Yep. That's okay, uh, cause I used to live in Western mass uh, New England, and they we all did that out there. 
And I yep. was like, Wisconsin does it too. That's wild. Cause Iowa people think I'm crazy when I talk to them about it. Nope. But, uh, slice a, a slice of pie with a, a thing of sharp cheddar cheese on top. So good. So uh, fun little Wisconsin fact is when uh, Ed Gein was brought in for questioning the night that he was caught. Uh, yeah. That's the first thing he asked for was no a, a slice of pie with warm cheese oh, on top of it. He wouldn't Ooh. talk until he, until he had something to eat and that's what he wanted. And that's what a lot of people, they, they focus on when you like watch a Gein documentary, they're like, it's weird that he asked for pie with cheese on it. But then when you're from here, you're that's like, it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's actually very normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's delicious. Um, if you, let's say you had a weekend, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna check out weird Wisconsin and you have a weekend to do it. Uh, what's, what's going to be, uh, where would, where would you go in the state? Uh, what would you do where you're going to get like the, the absolute, you know, best chance at, at, uh, checking out some weird attraction, not so much attractions, but you know, me personally, I would, I would make it a point to hit as many of the lakes that have, uh, monster Mm. sightings in them as possible. Um, state, uh, a former state historian and director of, of the historical museum in Wisconsin, uh, Charles E. Brown back in the, the, I want to say the sixties, but don't quote me on that actually wrote a series of pamphlets regarding, uh, different, um, historical items of Wisconsin importance. And Mm -hmm. he wrote one pamphlet was entitled just sea serpents. And he, wow. he documented a bunch of different lakes throughout the state and the legendary monsters, which were said to dwell within them. Hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of those monster sightings still, you know, they, they exceeded, they, they continued long after, uh, the pamphlet was written. Um, so there's, there's a lot of history to those lakes and I would love to just, you know, drive around and, and see all of them, not even to just like hope to see something, but just to say, yeah. I was here and maybe even collect like, you know, a little sample of water in like a little glass vial cool. and stuff and be like, Mon- this monster said to be here. This monster said to be here. That would be legit. But uh, it, it would probably be that. Yeah. There needs to be like a Wisconsin uh, sea monster trail that someone sets up and then you can like drive it. Like Iowa yeah. has the wine trail, you know? Yeah. The, the lake yeah. monster trail would be a fantastic drive. Yeah. It'd be cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, I had this weird, this weird question. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, if you had one final Wisconsin meal, what what would it be? Like you can only have one more Wisconsin meal for all time. Oh man. Uh, probably tater tot casserole. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So that's a hot, di- a hot dish of some sort. That's good. And, uh, of course, um, cheese curds. Oh, that would be great. Like combine them together. Oh, that would be legit. Sprinkle the sprinkle the cheese curds on tap on yeah, top dude. of the tater oh, tots. Man. I love it. Um, it's been a extremely fun conversation. Um, how, how can people keep up to date with, uh, what it is that you're doing, Adam? Um, everything can be found at pinebarrensinstitute.com. Uh, from there that's got you know all the articles that's got links to other places um it's got uh links to the to the books our twitter instagram all of that can be found at that that one location awesome and you have an older um you you had a series of uh interviews you did i want to say they were in like 2018 2019 around there you have about 10 to 12 of them so so if uh, you've got, I believe you talked to Nash Hoover's in there, um, an older one with uh, Alex Petikoff. Yep. Um, so some some good good stuff. Definitely check that out. But um, oh, and you know, definitely uh, go and check out uh, Adam's books. Pick those up. Adam's your collection. Uh, Monsters in print, ghosts in print, oddities in print. Um, good stuff. I'll have those linked in the uh, show notes as well. Um, Adam is going to uh, hang out after the show, uh, spend a little bit more time. I think we might be talking about, he's got some ideas, maybe some, some crazy weird stuff, some UFO stuff. We'll see, but 
Um, he's going to hang out for a little bit longer, chat for a uh, conversation for the Patreon, uh, which you can uh, check that out, patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. But uh, Adam, thank you so much for all you do uh, uh, looking into the uh, forgotten history and uh, making sure that is uh, uh, Indiana Jones for the next generation. <laughs> How about that? My mind is so wild right now, man. I don't know. Thank you. This garlic yeah. bread is killing me. All right. Um, but thanks so much for hanging out, Adam, and have a great rest of your night, all listeners. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Please take a few minutes to review the show on iTunes five stars as it does help us get into the eyes and ears of more listeners on iTunes. Uh, That will help us just get bigger and bigger and get even better quality guests for future shows. Uh, Also, if you have any Bigfoot encounters or cryptid encounters, please send your stories and Uh, audio and photos whatever you've got over to bigfootsociety at gmail.com if you'd like to become more involved with Bigfoot Society and get some extra content we do have a Patreon uh, where you can get all sorts of cool things for example for $7 a month you get extra Bigfoot Society content uh, usually interviews but other things as well you get a sweet membership card and a vinyl sticker that I sent you in the mail you get access to the Bigfoot Society after show which is an extra interview after the main interview with the weekly guest and usually they are up for uh, Patreon members to be in that extra show segment with them and me and you get to ask your Uh, question live to them and get an answer from the guest which as you've seen what guest we've had in the past this could be a really big deal there's also a private discord where you can get involved with uh, talking to me one-on-one and the community there and that's always a great time you can find the patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the bigfoot society Uh, We're very thankful for all our supporters that we have in so many different ways and appreciate uh, all our listeners coming back week after week to listen to more cryptozoology-based interviews. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.